Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. I think the common theme is great pride in being part of the Pac-12. That's what I hear from everybody that I talk to. The other thing is just what a tumultuous summer we've been through, and there are a lot of kind of unsettled issues that are work- we're working through together. But there's a consistent message about collaboration, about getting through these issues together. And I think the small steps that we've made recently, uh, announcing that we're not expanding, doing the alliance with the Big Ten and the ACC, I think have been well-received. George Klyavkov, Pac-12 commissioner, making the seventh of his 12 stops as he moves through all the Pac-12 campuses. And he talked about scheduling, the collaboration, the alliance is going to lead to an eight-conference game schedule for the Pac-12 down the road. Maybe as early as next year if the network sign on it, sign off on it. But if not, it, it seems like it's coming in three to four years here. He said they're going to be playing it. Big Ten game and an ACC game every year. They refer to it as the 8-1-1 model. So, you ready to see less of USC and UCLA here, PK? Because eight-game model, I can't believe they're coming here. I oh, I thought you meant every year. against each other. No, no, no. Uh, I think you'll always play your rivals. you probably always have a group of four. So, we'll always play Colorado? Yeah, I don't think that's a rival, and you know that. But, yes, for comedy's sake, sure, yes, we'll always play the rival Colorado. I suspect they'll always play the Arizona schools. I suspect they'll end up being groups of four that you oh. always play. Why would and by they default, the well, because by default, the because the Californias want to play every year. I mean, they've already made so? that clear. The Oregon and Washington rivalries will be preserved, and then <laughs> so you we, four are left. So we, <laughs> you four are left. So guess yeah, what? Well, You're yeah, a group. Yeah, that's why uh, the Big Twelve has been talking to the Arizona schools. So I don't know about that. Man. Yeah, we'll see. see how it plays these, out. These things are well received. Yeah, when they. When they announced not to expand, I popped the cork. <laughs> huh? Well received? Nobody bat an eyelash. That is true. <laughs> uh, they're going to talk to the network to see if they want to amend the deals and start playing a Big Ten game next year. So even as early as next year. But that's up to yeah, the network. So they can play Indiana, no. Minnesota. I mean, I don't know Illinois. Who yeah, I don't know who they're going to get. I mean, that, Rutgers, Maryland. There's about there's five. There's 14 of them. There's about five teams you're really excited about, and then there's others you're like, mm, okay, no Wake Forest, please. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to. Right? Well, in a, if you're 12 teams and those are 14, I guess a couple teams get a pass. So, yeah. Sorry, Demon Deacons. <laughs> so what, so I don't know about I, Wake Forest I don't know that that's any big, great deal. That's such a boon and a benefit to the Pac-12. He thinks he'll get paid more for it. To play, be playing NP, NC State? Well, they're going to get paid more anyway, but... It's it's about making up the difference with the SEC and the Big Ten, not and there's getting doesn't paid seem more. to be any way to completely close that gap. Can you partially close it? You know, we'll see, but completely close it—that doesn't seem possible. That'd be an enormous amount of. Money. I don't even know that they can partially close it. But I guess the other thing is, is is one more. Uh, yeah, think, man, if the SEC just keeps pulling away yeah. over the horizon, I think 40, it's going to 50, increase, 60, not 70, 80 million. Pretty soon they'll be like the Dodgers spending a hundred million more than the Giants. Yeah, exactly. It will be one more measuring point to say, hey, this league is good if they can win those head-to-head games across the other leagues. Because we're going to sit here and laugh at Purdue and Indiana and Wake Forest and Rutgers. You better be able to beat them. Which, of course, Oregon State wasn't. They lost to Purdue. 
And uh, Stanford lost to K-State. Stanford did lose to K-State. Decisively. It's a different conference, I get it, but... But those intersectional losses make everyone look at you and shrug. Like, well, what do we They're already shrugging. How much more can you shrug? Nonstop. They're not getting in. The Pac-12's not getting in. So I, I just don't see where this is any great big deal. This is any great news. I know you went up there, so you think it's a big deal. But I listened to it, and I'm like, uh, okay, what, what, what's changing here? Speaking of Stanford, their freshman quarterback, Tanner McKee, will be the starter this week for the Cardinal. They take on 14th-ranked USC in the Pac-12 conference opener for both teams. Head coach David Shaw says he will not rotate quarterbacks. He did play two in the opener, and Jack West threw a couple of picks. And McKee was 15 of 18 for a TD with no picks, so he'll be the guy. Way to go. Utah rising in the national polls, 21 in the AP poll, 18 in the coaches poll. Up at the top, Georgia moved to number two after beating Clemson, who fell to six. First time they've been outside the top four since 2017. Oregon's the top team in the Pac-12, 12th in the media poll, 11th in the coaches poll. Nobody in the conference is in the top 10. Now there's time to get in. This thing doesn't really matter. Former USC and New England Patriots fullback Sam Bam Cunningham died Tuesday at his home in Inglewood, California, according to USC. He was 71 years old. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1992, widely recognized for helping speed up the process of integration and football programs across the South. Cunningham ran for 135 yards and two touchdowns as USC beat an all-white Alabama team to open the 1970 season. It was pivotal in Bear Bryant's decision to recruit black players. Because they couldn't tackle him? Apparently. We're not getting beat by those guys. Whoa, be careful on those guys, buddy. USC. <laughs> I suppose one could argue what else might have been said in an Alabama meeting, but I wasn't there to quote anybody. So, All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. As good as we were, as we played, you know, with the same group of guys, I'd love to see where we can get this year. All of it's earned. There's nothing given. You know, it's not about a bunch of hype or a bunch of buildup and BS. You know, we got to go do it. And I think that's about a bunch of guys that are really mature, that see ourselves as professional athletes. And, you know, we want to go out there and we want to put our best out there. That's Tom Brady talking about the Bucks and the ability to repeat. Just piling on and adding to the legend, PK. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> they could do that, right? LeBron and D Wade up there with the not two, not three, not four, and Brady's literally there. Isn't he the last one that. to repeat? That starting quarterback? Yes. And he's done it twice, so he'd be doing it a third time. Bradshaw did it twice. I don't think anybody else has. I think he's the only one, right? Who am I missing? I, that's your call. Yeah, okay. You, you, you peered at me over your glasses, though, so I thought I was forgetting somebody obvious. I wouldn't have known it unless I didn't hear, heard it yesterday on the radio. Saints released veteran running back Latavius Murray. They asked him to take a pay cut on Monday. He refused. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter, slated to make $3.1 million this season in salary and bonuses. Of course, they've got Alvin Kamara there, so... He'll be the guy, and Murray was the compliment, and now Murray's looking for another gig, which I assume he'll get. 
Ravens signed Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad. The expectation is he'll be on their active roster as soon as he's fit. They, of course, need a running back after losing J.K. Dobbins to an ACL tear and third-string back Justice Hill to an Achilles injury. So Bell will team with Gus Edwards and former BYU running back Tyson Williams as the Ravens' primary ball carriers. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swing and a line drive into deep right center. Penning back towards the triangle and gone. A home run for Cruz and it's 5-1 Rays. The 2-1. Correa lines this one toward right center field. Hanniger racing back. It's over his head. Guriel on his way to third. He's around third and coming home. And that is the ball game. The Houston Astros walk off the Seattle Mariners in the bottom of the 10th. 5-4. Here's the 3-1 home to Fletcher. And there's ball four. There goes the perfect game bid. First base runner of the night for the Angels. Who would have thought it had been a walk to Fletch? <laughs> right, right. Angels turned that walk into two runs in the seventh. Blake Snell had it going until he didn't. They got two in the seventh. He got the loss. The Padres got shut out. Angels win four zip. And the Reds beat the Cubs 4-3. That's the end of the Cubbies' seven-game win streak. So the Reds and Padres tied for the last wild card in the National League. Phillies are two games back. They got blown out by the Brewers 10-zip. Dodgers and Giants both do what they do. They keep winning. Albert Pujols returns to St. Louis. He homers. Dodgers beat the Cardinals 7-2. No doubter for the Giants as they blow out the Rockies 12-3. You had uh, Cruz there on the introduction, didn't we? Yep. Oldest player to hit 30 home runs in a season. 41 years old now. I think Ortiz had the record. He did. Rays beat the Red Sox 12-7. Yankees don't take advantage. They lose to the Blue Jays 5-1. So. They are still separated by a half game. They're holding down the two wild cards in the American League. Toronto Blue Jays, though, picking up a game with that win. So there are two games behind the Sox and two and a half behind the Yankees. Bees lose to Sacramento 10-2. Split the series three games apiece. Bees return home to open a series against Oklahoma City. 635, Smith's Ballpark. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. college basketball, did we? Oh, you, you, you skipped over it. You want to hit it? Okay. Then, oh, right there. Hold that thought. <laughs> Hashtag college basketball. Gonzaga coach Mark Few issued a citation for DUI Monday night, pulled over a little north of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and refused to complete field sobriety tests, blood alcohol content, 0.12 and 0.119. State law, there's 0.08. So. Now how many drinks is that? I was figuring out, I was thinking about this when I saw this. They should come out like, I don't know if he just had it at a friend's house, I don't know if he was an establishment, or... We need to get out there and say, okay, if you have more than, there's a good chance you're going to be over the limit. Now, what I don't know what more than is. You know what I mean? I did. I've seen stories done on this. It depends on your body weight. So right. if they put a number right. out there, right? And so put it out there, right? The 140 pound person, the 180, the yeah. 240, right? That's what I'm talking thing. about. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So then, everybody should know if I'm going to have. Whatever it is, like put it out there. I, 
put it on uh, like they have. They all used to have the old Hell Wanted, or uh, not Hell Wanted. We got Hell Wanted signs all over the place now. But uh, Wanted, you go to the post office, the FBI's top 10 wanted list or whatever. You know, you would see, you'd go in there and you'd see those posters, right? So put it out there and have these charts. We need to make it more apparent. If you do this, you're likely yeah. to be at this limit, which will equal an arrest. And make it so everybody, and I realize it's general, so you can't get 100%. Right, because the other, the other factor in this is time. How long has it been since you were drinking? Because your body's burning it off at some rate that yeah, you, know, I know. you and I don't understand. But we need to have more education on this. So we have reduction. I don't know that obviously we'll ever have a limit because I was thinking about this too. Can you imagine we hear fairly consistently some player coach in this case, it's embarrassing for few, obviously, but it seems like it's some regular occurrence. All right. Well, for every one, how many are there out there? 100, 200, 300, 500? No idea. Yeah. yeah. No idea. You know, certainly there's more and they're not getting caught or pulled over and then... And we know, gosh, I mean, I have a friend who lost his twin brother in high school on it. And this is years later, and it's still devastating, and it's still made a major impact on his life to this day, obviously. So I want to see some more just public education. And so we all know if you, and it's just general, but if you have three beers and you weigh 170 pounds, I don't know, because I have no idea what it is. Then there's a likelihood, a strong likelihood. We like we put the stuff on the cigarette thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Caution, Surgeon General warning. Yeah, right. So if you smoke, everybody knows that you could get cancer. My father-in-law smoked and died of lung cancer. Horrific at at 59 years of age, right? But we know. So let's try to do the same thing here. Maybe I'm off base, but I was thinking about that yesterday when when I saw the news on Mark Few. I get where you're going with this. I suspect, though, that the math is too complicated to be accurate because your your body weight and then different drinks have different amounts of alcohol in okay, them. Okay, but then go way and conservative then. then. Yeah, they could. So then, and then the time is a factor. So with that many variables, I don't know. But um, yeah, you're right. It's embarrassing for few. That's for sure. So. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Riley Jensen, college football expert, mental performance coach, joins us at 8 o'clock. And multiple in-state games this week. BYU and Utah, obviously, Saturday night. But also this weekend, it's Weaver State and Dixie State. Jay Hill and Paul Peterson, the coaches for the Wildcats. And what's Dixie State's new nickname? I almost said the old one, but I caught myself. Trailblazers, right? Well, they've been to like three or four, but yeah, they're the Trailblazers. Trailblazers. They'll join us at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. in the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. 
from Monday morning to the post-game press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Question of the day. If BYU doesn't beat Utah now, when will they? Never. Never? I don't believe in never in sports. I don't care what you believe in. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day, everybody. We'll just sit here quietly for the next three hours. (laughs) Well, I just want to be up front. You want to be honest, right? (laughs) I don't care what you believe in. Boom. You've been trying to share your beliefs Roasted. with me for like two decades. Oh, no, I really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I really haven't. Oh, you've been doing it in just, you know, kind of a roundabout ways. I see what you're trying to do. I know what uh-huh. you're up to. Uh-huh. I can sniff it out. I've been around long enough, buddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know what's going on, you know, just little subtle ways here and there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on to you. The way I look at it, they're not scheduled to play next two years, obviously, right? And I like that Mark Harlan said yesterday, they're our rival. I, I mean, I don't know why Kalani was not, yeah, they're our rival. They're our biggest rival. I mean, why can't we acknowledge the truth? What's wrong with acknowledging the truth? I don't understand it. You know, The truth as you see it. You know, like Holland got all sorts of grief. He acknowledged what BYU stands for. All right, well... You may not like it, but that's what they stand for, and they're not changing. Doesn't look like. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but so acknowledge that's their truth. It's not necessarily universal truth, but that's the way they see it. So be it. I'd rather know the way you see it than try to mislead me and downplay something or whatnot. Tell me the way it is, and I'll deal with it. This is their rival. Mark Harlan said it yesterday. I appreciate Mark Harlan saying what we all know. The game is good for college football. It is. That's I, what, Mark Harlan, when he said that yesterday, I wanted to hug him. <laughs> because he's speaking the truth. The game is good for college football. Of course it is. That's why they broadcast yeah. it. And they talk about it. And people everywhere who follow college football understand it. We've heard lots of people who've covered the game in one form or another reverence it. After they see it once or twice, like, ooh. And I keep hearing, oh, this game does nothing for Utah. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It does tremendous things. You beat your rival. Everybody knows. Throw the records out, blah, blah, blah. When you play the rival, there's more emotion and extra added incentive. I was thinking about it. It's a recruiting tool for the University of Utah. It's not the first. It's not the second. It's not the third. I don't know where it fits. But obviously, the Pac-12 and playing USC and the potential to go to the Rose Bowl is far bigger than playing BYU. I understand that. Mm. But it's also a recruiting tool. It you is. come here, and you're going to have a game when we play down there and we beat them down there, which we always do. Who doesn't like beating someone in front of 65, 64,000 people who are cheering against you, and you got a smattering of fans up there in the corner? And you it's walk off. Sweet. And you walk off holding nine fingers up. Yes. Yes. Right. Cool. I mean, it's Kyle's going to be needing toes here soon. He's going to be taking it. She's going to be like he's in the islands. He's going to be taking his shoes off. Kyle and flip-flops, wiggle and feed at people. I don't, I don't really want to picture that. That's a recruiting advantage. It's a tool you could use. 
and we had Nick Ford on. And the, the great thing about it, Nick Ford, uh, what would have been? What's today? Uh, Wednesday, so it would have been Monday. We have him on every Monday at uh, seven thirty, right? It's a paid appearance, just like it is with Samson Nakua. We had one guy ask, "Why don't we have Aggies?" I don't know. Talk to our bosses. They set it up, <laughs> not me. I have no idea why we don't have Aggies, uh, but. This is a rival to Nick Ford, and it's not a conference game. None of these guys have played in this rival as a conference game. But yet Nick Ford comes on and says, I I learned about it immediately, and I'm a Los Angeles area kid, right? My hometown, San Pedro, California. And he said he learned about it immediately, which means that everybody else learns about it immediately. So the point I'm making is it still carries weight even though it has zero conference implications. That's a recruiting tool for Utah to use as they continue to go. Mark Harlan said it. He appreciates it, and I agree with him 100%. Now, back to the question, when are they going to win if not now? They're not scheduled to play in two years. From the BYU perspective, the thing that would be concern me if I don't get them now I believe the next time around in 2024, Utah will be a better program than they are today. They're getting their roster is getting better every year. Now, does that necessarily translate into more wins every year? No. What I mean is because you can have a great roster, but a lot of them can be freshmen like they were last year, so they're not ready to play at their highest level while they're in college. Two years ago, you had a ton of kids who returned, and they were ready to play at their highest level, and they went down to Provo and basically controlled the entire game. But the more good players you have, the more likely they are to be spread across all classes, the less likely you are to have that kind of down year you're talking about. It can still happen. With transfers and kids leaving early to the NFL, there are no guarantees. But the more kids you get, the more likely they are to be spread across classes. So I think it's imperative upon BYU to get it done because the task is going to get more difficult, not easier. But is BYU going to get better going into the Big 12 in three years? Will both teams be recruiting better at that point? So will that offset it? Yeah, but the fact but is, BYU, BYU has a gap to close. nine in a row. Right. BYU so has a gap clearly, they're better. It's there's they're, it, they're your rival, but you've dominated the rival for a decade. Daniel's with you. I'm not saying it's now or never, but it sure feels that way. It won't get any easier going forward. Utah's a tough team that seems to have BYU's number. Well, I mean, you won nine in a row, so uh, no argument here. Obviously, if you've won nine in a row. Their number, their whatever, whatever you want to call it, they've got it. They've won nine straight that you don't fluke your way into nine wins in a row over a team. Tommy says when Whittingham retires or BYU starts to land higher-end talent seems to be the two areas that lead to a Utah W every year. I wouldn't count on him retiring as being an answer. Or there's going to be an inevitable decline. I wouldn't, I don't see why. As I look at Utah and its place in the Pac 12, it's growing, it's increasing, it's not diminishing. So you, and obviously he's going to retire at some point. I think Nick Saban turns 70 next month. I don't expect this man to be coaching when he's turning 70. And it's turn, he, his birthday's in November, so he'll always turn right at the last week or two of the season, regular season anyway. 
Uh, I don't expect that. He's because he said that. That's why I don't expect it. I'm not giving any breaking news. He said it. And I don't know that there's going to be an inevitable decline because their place in this conference is getting better. They're set up. They've got they've got so much going for it that few teams in the conference have. They are now, in terms of quality, maybe not in terms of fan base, but in terms of quality, they are the big dog in this state. I told you, I texted you Friday, right? I'm driving down to Vegas and for the cover of the game, and I got the Phoenix radio station on. Mm-hmm. And so they got the morning guys. Now, they're, they're having a little shuffle there, and one guy was a sub, but... The other guy has been on the station. He's done the morning show for 15 years, and now he's moving to middays, right? Uh, starting started uh, two days ago. But he's still on the station, and they, they dumped the other guy. But nevertheless, they have Herm Edwards on Friday, the day after the Southern Utah game. And the guest host asks him, Coach, who do you play next week? What? How do you not know this? You can look it up. It takes you two seconds. This is not 2002 when we started the show. I need I need the Wednesday paper with the agate page that runs all the schedules. I used to save it when they would do it, uh, put it out, the USA Today or, or the local paper, the watchdog would put it out. And, and when I was a kid, if the Republic put out the baseball schedule of the whole thing, I would save it. Uh, not that I would ever go to any games, but I would save it just so I knew it. You know, I mean, those days are like a thousand years ago. <laughs> Yuck, do you even know what we're talking about? <laughs> I do. Oh, you do? Okay. I was a religious newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, right. well, yeah. I mean, he's old enough uh, to, to understand because it's not that long ago it's that really we're talking about. Uh, 20 years. Okay. But the, yeah, at 10 years true. old, you're a hardcore sports yeah, fan. That's I, what I was doing. I started reading the paper yeah, when it. I was about eight. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're, you're, exactly. Right, yeah, so you're he, the last generation. I think he is. Yeah. So my youngest brother is 20 now. And he would he have would, no clue, right? Who I did. Right, but it, he would. He would fit in. The, he would. He's in the in the generation still to know. And so then the the other guy, the regular guy, the guy says, "Coach, uh, who do you play next week?" And the other guy, who's the regular guy, he says, "BYU." And Herm Edwards says, "No, it's UNLV." Then the guest host says, "Oh, that's great! You get to go up to the new stadium." He says, "No, it's here." They had no friggin' <laughs> clue. They not three times they screwed it up. And did you call Ryan? I Our did former I. boss is their current boss. No, because he doesn't care. Because it's all Cardinals. <laughs> I've talked to him about it. Now, if they would have made that mistake, who are the Cardinals' first opener? Who do you play in the first game? You need to jump down there. If they would have right? had what's his face uh, Kingsbury, coach, uh, who's your? Uh, you know, you got this game. Who do you play in the second game? They would have been off the air in five seconds. The point I'm making is, it's all pro here. It's all Utes, and it's not just there in Phoenix. Most of the Pac-12 is in the shadow of a pro team. Which is why Utah is growing, not diminishing. It's, it's, a, it's a big-time advantage. It's a massive advantage. Yeah. So I wouldn't count on Kyle Whittingham's retirement as being the answer to the program diminishing because it's growing, not decreasing. Somebody could come in there and screw it up, but I don't think it will because I think Scally's going to get it. And they're going to go on, and he already knows. Scally's a very good a talent evaluator. I've talked to him about evaluating but, but Whittingham is good. Times. Whittingham is good, and it still took him two and a half years to really get his feet under him. Right. And but, during but, that time, BYU won. Because they won the second year. So. But they were even. They're not even now. That's a true story. 
They are not. Jeff says it's going to turn into one of those Cubs Red Sox drop things, isn't it? No, those got outrageous. A hundred years? Yeah, a hundred years. That's it. Doesn't happen in college football, isn't it? I don't, what did the Notre Dame Navy streak get? Because I think that I was at 40 the time. Something. Yeah, that was the record, right? And again, major disadvantage well, yeah, for Navy. There's only one Roger Stallback on the planet, and Navy still got him and ended the streak, and actually got him a couple times once they got him once. Yeah, but so much has changed for Notre Dame. Nothing is changing for Utah in the negative. It's growing. It's increasing. Dane says it'll change for BYU after they've been in the Big 12 for a few years and their depth and their talent in all positions has caught up. Will it catch up? I have my doubts. There are still going to be obstacles for them. The honor code will still be there. I was going to say. That the Big 12 them. may not be viewed as a Power 5 conference, and that'll go against them. What are these obstacles you speak of? I can't predict all of them. That's but true. But obviously, they're not, they're not changing. Uh, their, their stances on these social things continue to whine and scream and kick against you-know-what against them, but they ain't changing. They may modify a little bit to try to reduce public pressure, but I actually think they revel in that. Look at us. This proves that we're different. And this proves that you're changing. We're not changing. You're the one who's changing. And we're going to double down even more because we're not going to change to your changes. That's what that talk was about, wasn't it? Now, I didn't listen to that by any stretch, so I'm not That was what I took from it. I'm not. All I read is excerpts. I did not listen to it. I did not read it, nor have any intention to. But that's one of the things that I took from it is that, yeah, the world is changing over here. But we're not, and we're going to double down on we're not changing. Dustin says it's going to happen on some random weekend when Utah has a bunch of underclassmen and BYU is senior laden. But not until after Witt has retired, because he'll never lose to them again. Ooh. Would he roll out of here with, like, say, coaches five more years? Well, then it would be 12, right? Or five more games? That'd be seven years. Because they're not going to play I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when he's going to retire. He'll figure that out and let everybody know when he does it. Uh, so, okay. So he's got five more games. He, he could easily coach to 67 if that's what he chose. Uh, that'd be North 69 if, if that's what it's he wants. It's what he chooses. Yeah. I, mean, he, yeah, I, I, I don't know uh, when he's going to step down. But to, to run this thing, the per, to, once you got in the Pac-12, you never lost to them. And you won like 15 in a row. <laughs> Where do they put the statue? <laughs> <laughs> and they, Cincinnati Reds got a cool statue outside. It's actually inside. You have to be inside the grounds to see it. Uh, of Pete Rose. And it's him diving. You know that we've seen him diving into, into third, third base. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not a statue that's upright. It's parallel to the ground, right? And they built it. and they, It's cool. It's a cool thing. And they got him diving. What would be? Kyle doing doing push-ups, standing back, flexing the calves. What would it be? <laughs> Him holding up a one and a five. They've won fifteen in a row. Uh, you can't. You, you got to get a little bigger than that. But if, if he rolls out of here with fifteen consecutive wins and he retires, having never lost to them in the conference, 
Oh, that would be incredible. And he's going to set the all-time winning record. He's going to be the winningest football coach in Utah history. I think that's almost a guarantee. That would be incredible if he did that. It's already incredible that they won nine in a row. That ties the longest streak by either school. Both schools have had nine-game winning streaks. Now the Utes have had two. So if the Utes win Saturday, it's yeah, the longest streak in the history don't, don't of the rivalry. Tell me what's but, going on in the thirties? Yeah. Nobody cares. And well, it's different too. They've been in the same league for so long, and now it's different. And that's part of the magic. It's imperative on BYU to beat their rival. And Kalani, go ahead and call it your rival. Everybody else does. I don't know why we run from this. I I really think it's in the best interest of Utah well, to make he, it more pronounced, if not, he doesn't, re, not less. If he doesn't say they're the rival, then what, BYU doesn't have a rival anymore? Or it's BYU-Boise State? Or it's BYU-Utah well, State? they're it's, secondary rivals. I'm fine with that. But there's only one. Utah yeah. creates much more juice. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised People he didn't say it. More Why wouldn't he say it? And for BYU, or for Utah, as you continue to pound them, yeah. Announce it even more. It's a recruiting tool, not a disadvantage. It's not the first. You can figure out whatever your priority list is, but it's on that list, and it's something that you can sell to recruits. Certainly you can sell them locally to recruits. Absolutely. And they do. Yeah. And for all those kids who go up to Stanford, and good for them, I would go. I would go in a heartbeat. But at the same time, yeah, you're running in and your Cal's your rival and you're going to have 30,000 people and it's going to be the fourth story in the Bay Area that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I have seen, we, we've talked about the crowds at the Rose Bowl yeah. uh, because the Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl and it's just magical and UCLA's got a better football history than Cal. But you see the crowds at Memorial Stadium, it's kind of the same deal. It looks like they're playing in front of 20,000 people. The Rose Bowl is only the Rose Bowl when it's the Rose Bowl. Otherwise, it's stadium. It looks bad empty. Uh, sure. And it's been empty. But it's, there's, I don't think the Bruins have an allure of playing in the Rose Bowl, was what I'm saying. There's no allure there. I've been there, I've been there January 1, multiple times, and I've been there in September, October. And it's a different vibe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a stadium. It's a beautiful stadium and all that stuff and a great setting and all, but it's still the Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl. And when, not if, but when the Utes get there, they will experience that too. They will realize this is way different than going in October uh, and kicking the crap out of UC Los Angeles. No, when you're and it's the Rose Bowl, the actual Rose Bowl game, it's something. But uh, here you can sell it. You, we got a rival, and it's going to be packed. The electricity in both stadiums is going to be awesome. Fauci's going to have a heart attack Saturday night. I mean, it's going to be packed. Ten coming. I looked up Colorado, Colorado State. Colorado's longest win streak. They're different leagues, so you've got a built-in advantage there. Colorado's longest win streak was 12, and then when I tell you the years, you're going to go, don't tell me about leather helmets. Why did you look that up? Because it's right in front of me, and I get to. But to put something else in front of you. I did, actually. Got Twitter here. It's just a quick click away. Uh, Sing it. D- don't just a click don't away. diminish what you <laughs> hold important. 
Because then when you feel like I'm attacking you, then you try to downplay it. No, you looked it up because you thought it was a big deal and it meant something to you. Run with it. Don't back away from it. That's the exact thing that I'm telling you fans. Run to the rival. Don't back away from it. Come on. Jack tweets at us, nothing will happen. BYU fans will continue to whine and scream like they always do and trying to make themselves feel better. What does that mean? He thinks Utah's going to win. They're going to win again. He's an Aggie. He's got Aggie stuff all over his stuff. He's a, he's a hardcore Aggie. He just thinks the Utes have the upper hand on the Cougars, and BYU's going to complain about it and say stuff like, well, he would have won if they played last year. Which, actually, they may have won if they played last year, but we'll never know. Be able to debate that forever. But they had the the Utes would have been breaking in a quarterback. and Well, everybody whines when the NFL lose. How is that any different to any other fan base? Nah, it's part of the fun of losing. It's the silver There's lining. There's no fun in losing. It's the silver lining. You get to whine. <laughs> part of the fun of losing? Hold on, hold on. You what? get to whine. Now, 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 you made a bad statement. If you back away from it quickly, everybody will say, okay, you we're just talking. told me not to back away from it. When you make a bad statement. <sighs> okay, we're going to sort this out during okay. the break. No. DJ and PK. <laughs> Having fun losing? No, the zone. You, you control. Go so read he, the Agatha. He page. can send us to commercial, but yep. unless you send us to commercial, we're not going to commercial. So, Yach, if you want the last word, you got yeah. it. You owe me one after the <laughs> six o'clock hour, and you know it. <laughs> but <laughs> having fun losing nah. wasn't my best choice of words. It's a silver lining. I should have gone with that early. Yeah, I get to whine. People do like to whine. There's something to enjoy. Agreed about on it. that. Yeah. There's something no look no further than me. <laughs> and now we begin and commence the whining. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Riley's here in 15 minutes. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach of BYU, Kalani Sataki. Even if coaches did handle it the same, wouldn't you expect your players to kind of feel the emotion of this game and handle the week differently? Yeah, coaches may say, hey, it's just another game. But the truth is, everything else outside of them says it's different, right? So the way the fans handle it, it's way different. So I say, let's just embrace it and let's have fun with it, man. If we go into it saying, hey, this is just another game, that sounds great on paper and in print, but the truth is, we know those guys. There's a lot of guys on this team that are really familiar with them, that are friends with them. Me and my little brother, TJ, were playing here, and our oldest brother was playing at the U. So that makes a difference. And so why would you ever try to change that? The fans know each other. They're in the same households. Let's just have fun with the whole experience. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. The discussion this morning, if BYU doesn't beat Utah now, when will it happen? Presumably not the next two years. They're not scheduled. Maybe there'll be another bowl meeting like there was in Las Vegas. Semifinal. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh, Nathan tweets at us, this is a turning point in the rivalry. If BYU is associated with P5 money and perception for recruiting purposes, they start drawing top recruits back to BYU. In four or five years, the teams will be back on a more level playing field. Have they ever drawn top recruits? Is that who they are? Drawing top recruits. Well, you can go through their records, and there are times they had a lot of NFL players there. Well, that doesn't mean they drew top recruits. They've pulled in two number one <laughs> quarterbacks in their history, and neither and one of them finished their careers in Provo. Uh, neither one of them, yeah. They weren't any good. 
One of them never played at all. Not yep. a down. Although he's going to start that one game. And then? Allegedly. <laughs> uh, I had a good uh, recollection laugh with Jeff Cole about that uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> he and I go way back. And uh, we were we were laughing about that whole episode. He's going to start Ben Holson. Great. You're not now announcing it on my show. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know that they, they can have as many pros that they want, but how many of these guys have been top draft picks? I mean, it was Zach Wilson was a three star. I mean, top uh, top recruit. Brady Christensen was he even a star. Two star. Two Wait. star. That adds up to they got a five star. Spread <laughs> over two. <laughs> First and third round pick. You know. <laughs> so, do they ever get that? And I mean that sincerely. Is that who they are? That they roll in top recruits. It hasn't been, but it seems like it can be an upgrade to recruiting. Agreed. If they're in the Big Twelve, so I would just it would be disappointing if it wasn't. Yes. So yeah, I agree on that, but I don't know that it's going to open the floodgates and all of a sudden uh, four and five star guys. If you believe in that, and it, I believe in it to an extent, but I don't believe it is a hundred percent complete and if you don't have it you are going to struggle well to yox point how about they just get another elite quarterback they've had a couple nfl quarterbacks coulda woulda shoulda won with Taysom hill two-point conversion that wasn't the best play call ever well, you had a rookie play caller yep and then the big year for your next nfl quarterback is a year you're not playing yeah that's... But you think if you keep getting nfl quarterbacks you're going to break through. Yeah, I think they got a shot to to get NFL quarterbacks, but I, it, that doesn't really matter that they're going into a Big Twelve if it comes to pass that they get in. It, it, I don't think it'll hurt, but I think it, it it's the the system that you're playing in, and I think they have enough to attract those types of kids, but. You know, they've got to be willing to go to the BYU way. The fact is, Dart didn't want to be a part of the BYU situation. I don't know. They told me that to my face. That doesn't mean he's a bad kid by any stretch. That's not the case at all. But he wants something else. Yeah. Uh, but the religion thing wasn't uh, necessarily what he was looking for. And, and you know, SC's calling and they're the big dog. So, a lot of glamour there, a lot yeah. of glitz. Tons of it. Not the first time that they've rolled into somebody else's backyard and taken the star player. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. So, uh, But I think that they can continue to do that. But I just don't know that I would count on them just rolling in a bunch of big-time, star-studded high school talent to win games. I mean, they can... Find ways to win games. Because I don't think the Utes are doing that, for that matter. They're getting way, way better at it. But they're still finding ways, especially now. Um, You have to admire what they've done here. uh, Plucking transfers left and right, literally. I mean, the quarterbacks, obviously. uh, Three of the four running backs. A potential top receiver. uh, One of their better tight ends. It seems like the list goes on. Well, Kyle told us that the yeah. those guys were going to make an impact, and 
That's what it looks like after one game. Yeah, that's just off the top of my head. I just went right through it. I'm sure I missed guys. And and you got to coach them up. I think co- coaching and systems and all that stuff, that's where the Utes have a tremendous, tremendous advantage over so many schools in the Pac-12. And I don't want to hear it. They're this gutty little overachieving program. That's a bunch of crap. No, they're not. That's so you're a, going with never. They're never going to do it. I don't think uh, you believe I mean, that. I think it may 150 years. <laughs> you State Iceman piles on. Jack is back with the Blake Anderson era is going to make YBU number three in the state. The Aggies did have a run where they split games with the Cougars. I think they split six games. They did. But BYU seems to have gotten it going a little bit again, reclaiming the upper hand. I don't see, and that's another thing too, ever, never, and all that stuff, but I don't see them falling to number three. I don't think their fan base would allow it. Well, if you're looking for things that the Big 12 ought to ought to guarantee, and I know people will go look at Kansas, but I don't think that fits or applies. I don't think you think it fits or applies either. I wouldn't even bring it up. I don't think there's anything close to that. The BYU fan base is an impressive fan base, and they can have influence. I mean, Chris Hill talked about how he needed to make a change there. Uh when he did in the football coaching because the fan base basically was saying it and they were just showing their displeasure by showing their inactivity and their no-shows. They weren't showing. <laughs> and that spoke of volumes. And I think we saw it this past season in basketball. One of the primary reasons. And the fan base was just forget it. You know, if you're going to just continue to do this and lose guys left and right and just say, well, that's the way it is in college basketball. So don't blame me. Click, I'm out. There's very little accountability there. Yep. And, I mean, it was true. It was going on, and it does go on everywhere. But other people are dealing with it going on everywhere and winning. Yeah. And your program wasn't winning, and the fan base was screaming it. And so they made a change. All right, DJ and PK, Riley's coming up next. We'll get his pick on the Utah-BYU game as an Aggie. Well, he was at BYU for spring football. But as an Aggie, we'll get him to weigh in on the Utes and the Cougars, and we'll do that next. Stay with us.